1: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtowns Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or Downtown.
2: Wednesday night, you know what that means. It's AEW Dynamite followed by a live Post Dynamite Reaction Podcast across the wrestling platforms with me, Justin LeBar, and my P-I-C, Partner in Crime, from Forbes.com. He is Alfred Kunwa. Sir, how are you doing tonight?
3: Good, good. How are you? Good night of wrestling. Uh, I see the chat's already excited about it, so very much looking forward to it, talking about it.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously we we're going to talk at length about the show as people are filing right in here. We love this live crowd. Um, and I, I'm sure we'll repeat ourselves a few times on this point. At least my point is, Alfred, tonight's one of these shows that, god you live for as a wrestling fan and really just kind of uh we, we can debate and i'm sure we will was this the best dynamite of the year or where does this rank in the two-year history of dynamites and all of that kind of stuff but when you just look at the spectacle of like uh brian danielson making his first uh you know in ring you know, having his first in ring match in someplace other than WWE in the first time in, in, in a decade and uh or over a decade and um you know, the, the the biggest crowd in New York City for a pro wrestling show since whenever pulled, pulled WWE's history books and, and all the things and, and the energy this had. This is one of those nights where a, you're just happy to be a wrestling fan. It doesn't matter if you're team AEW, team WWE or you just like it all. That's, that's allowed, surprisingly enough. But it also, as you watch some moments, as you, and again, we'll touch on, as you watch some moments where the crowd's chanting for AEW and and they're doing things that we haven't seen a wrestling crowd on a WWE show at least do in a while, it's like, man, all the years that WWE had the Monopoly, it has just made the thirst that much greater for fans of wanting some different stuff. And man, the quenching of that thirst is happening right
3: now. Absolutely. It's it's not only happening, but you're now being able to see another non-WWE company presented on the same scale, production-wise, crowd-wise, you know how popular the wrestlers are. It's very much mirroring what you would see from a WWE, and I'm saying that because to an outsider who maybe hasn't been watching wrestling in general, you can watch a show like this and think uh, either be confused that you're watching another version of WWE or or just think, oh, wow, this is much better than what I I remember wrestling being or just as good as what I remember being wrestling being. So uh, I think that's exactly what AEW is going for in terms of being major league. And a show like this does uh, everything to promote the idea that AEW is major league.
2: I agree. Yeah, th- this is a show. Again, you-, you can debate, okay, whether or not from start to finish, was this the most action packed in terms of did-, did you like the matches the most? W- w- Where were the stories? Did they progress? Whatever. It wasn't a lot of progression of stories. There was a lot of payoff to, to things with ma- the matches. Uh, but yeah, I-, I do think this would be up there for a viable contender of an episode that you want to introduce you, you know you want to have you want to invite somebody over to your house and say watch this for the first time because this dynamite unlike any other dynamite basically is is in this stadium there's fans on the level up above the entranceway and it, and it had a bigger it, it, I, i'm not going to say wrestlemania but it was in a stadium and it had a and it had a big fight feel more than any dynamite and certainly rivals you know any all out uh, or any any double or nothing, any pay-per-view they've done, it certainly felt like one of the biggest shows, just big fight-feel atmosphere.
3: Yeah, and I will say, I, w- I was kind of hoping for a different set in terms of the stage. They did kind of make that stage in terms of it was like a Titan Tron video-type stage or whatnot, but it did very much mirror what you would see every week from Dynamite until you would see the matches and you would see some of these shots of these big crowds. I think having the stage look unique, given the fact this is a special show in a different, unique type of stadium, in Arthur Ashe Stadium, I think that would have really helped to really drive home the idea that it was this uh, scale on this uh, show on this scale. But uh, now I agree in terms of it looking like a really big time show, they did a good job uh, for the most part of showing the shots of the crowd, how big this uh, stadium was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Production was pretty good. Uh, like the little touches, like the, the ramp being the led board yeah. we've seen wwe do something like this This is a great touch for aw especially because they did not have their normal video screen in between the two tunnels because of the way things are set up so this still gave you that video screen element uh, it looked different so this was a product that was a set piece at least you know, stood out and was different than your normal dynamite, so that was a nice touch. Um, yeah, I mean, production looked really good. I mean, they they had the crowd mic'd very well. Certainly, AEW has not been absolved of of, of audio issues, uh, yeah, as true. one of their growing pains. But tonight, it was the crowd was very well mic'd, very in a very audible crowd to capture on those mics. So, a lot to talk about. A lot of it's positive, but certainly, there's some things we can go through here and just some things we can debate into before we go into tonight's uh dynamite. Uh, as everybody's uh joining us here live. Uh, let's t- touch on a few uh, news stories. Um, two of the three of them are AEW, so I'll save them for a second. For once, we just go right into all the all AEW. I'll, I'll give us the one WWE story that we're really going to touch on here, Alfred, and that is a WWE star reportedly asking for their release. A release, and ex- according to Lucha Libra, um, uh, they're they're saying that uh, uh, Grand Leak. Is in fact uh, asking for his release out, you know, to get out of of his WWE contract uh, due to frustrations with the company. Of course, I guess we can all understand that. Um, The the report does say that his deal, Metalik's deal, runs through 2023. He wants to keep wrestling in the United States, um, but he also would like to, um, you know, know, he's a native native of Mexico. He'd like to, you know, know, potentially still be able to work uh, around the world as, as things continue to open up. Um, around the world uh, during these COVID uh, times with vaccinations. So Graham Metalik, obviously not a top star in WWE, but certainly uh, they went on a run there where they used him on TV for quite a while. And he all, he's always one of those guys out that I, I pulled that phrase from Jim Ross. He's always a guy who maximized his minutes on TV.
3: Definitely, and that he what you saw was great in terms of how he flashed on TV, but he is a thousand times better than what he's perceived as in terms of uh, the pecking order in WWE is Grand Metalik. I mean, he is uh, a superstar in Mexico and other territories, and they came here, had his chance. Uh, the Lucia House party didn't really take off, um, really at all, and I just don't think that they ever got their fair shot. And when they would, like in that Elimination Chamber match, I remember, where they just stole the show a couple of years ago. Uh, So they're a very talented team, but there's a lot of talented wrestling, and there's only so much TV time in a place like WWE. And uh, you're now going to see, I think, more times than not, a lot of these wrestlers with their contracts coming up. We've been hearing stories about a lot of wrestlers not necessarily resigning right away. Uh, So I think WWE, a challenge moving forward for them, is going to be keeping a lot of stars in their contract, which is crazy to say because they're letting so many guys go. But even the people who they want to stay are starting to leave themselves so it's going to be a tough challenge for wwe
2: and that right there it's what you said offered it's it's the ones that they want to stay they 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 can't get too arrogant and cocky of oh well, we can you know we can release guys and girls by the you know by the baker's dozen uh every so many you know every every, every quarter uh, to help make that 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 PNL look a little bit better, and oh, this person's disposable. But then, what's going to happen when it's that one person that you? Oh, they would have never left. They would have never leave us. And oh, wait, they wait what? <laughs> so yeah. that's what that that it really is a situation, you know, it's like, uh, you, you know, you you can act like all oh, this roster is disposable, but you know that there, there's certain you, you have to have a roster to continue to move forward and and collect these uh these TV rights, and and you you got to have a roster to send to Saudi Arabia to collect the money. <laughs>
3: What I yeah, guess I'm that's saying true. here. Gotta get that Saudi money buddy. Uh, above all else, there's gotta but be it's have- gotta, gotta
2: be somebody that the uh, the the, the <laughs> prince wants to see. Wants to book.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, they you know <laughs> they might have to go to the W. B. Hall of Fame, get like a uh, you know Booker T, the Ultimate Warrior, Yokozuna, you know, some guys like that might need to have to come out to compete. <laughs> But I do have an on-site report. Our own NYC diva, Diva, who's at the show at AW Ground Slam, just sent me a a text about uh, MC Tony Khan. Big Daddy Khan. Tony Khan spit some bars for the New York crowd. He was challenged to a rap battle by Max Kassar, and he said, my name is Tony Khan, and I'm here to say, I'll suspend the acclaim for another 30 days. Wow. Big Daddy Khan, ladies and gentlemen. And then he came back out to say he was kidding. So,
2: wow so, Tony Khan. Is, is, so is is this them burying the hatchet of the story let's move past it now
3: I guess it is because they have been you know they had Max Castler come out and challenge him to a rap battle after a show recently so I guess this is bygones being bygones you know a water under the bridge it's all started on the, on the, your show Busted Open uh, Justin where yeah. Matt, uh, Tony Khan came out and said that he didn't like the rap but it looks like they've kind of worked this in the storyline so you know good for everybody involved
2: alright I like it um I, well you know real quick th- before we I mean, thank you to Issa for, for giving that report. Uh what I was gonna say to kind of segue us, Grand Metalik, again, asking for his release. We'll see what happens there, uh with WB. Grand Metalik is somebody who I know the Daniel Brian Danielson. <laughs> Props to Jim Ross, too, by the way, who never yes. slipped up. I yes. was like, come on, JR. This is a big night. I know it'd be very easy to slip up. Don't do
3: it. I was Grand. thinking that, that might be the perfect prop bet in Vegas, over <laughs> or under one and a half. How many times will Jr. slip
2: up? Well, hopefully, it took the under. Oh, I didn't. Right, I, didn't I didn't catch any. Yeah, I was um, taking the under. Grand Metalik, uh, a guy who Brian Danielson went in WWE, had named as somebody. I think when when he came back, you know, on the came back and was cleared, you know, f- to compete again after being retired. You know, Grand Metalik was somebody who who he had said he'd he'd you know I think he vocalized in an interview like. These are some of the guys I want to work with. I, this is something I want to bring. I want to put me on SmackDown. Let me work. I want to bring attention to some of these guys you have in the back who, who are really good, who aren't getting uh, the, the, the time to shine that they should be. So uh, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, AEW certainly has enough people. I'm not saying yes. that, that Brian Anderson needs a lobby for Grand Metal League, but hey, it could happen. Um, yeah,
3: yeah, and I think there's plenty of places Grand Metalik can go. I mean, A is starting to come back really strong. Um, there's other places outside. I want to see him in New Japan, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, AEW is going to have to be careful in terms of bringing on too many. But Mental League, if he wants to go to AEW and work with a guy like Ray Phoenix, I mean, good night. A match like that might be uh, one of the best athletic matches you could ever see.
2: Absolutely, all right. Keep it on here with our news headlines. Uh, and speaking of Brian Danielson, uh, he appeared on the Wrestling Podcast with Brandon Walker. Uh, Brandon, well, props to Brandon Walker. He had, well, and obviously, you know AEW i him up for him, but good on him to to take advantage of him, get get some big headlines and quotes. uh He had Brian Danielson. He, he, CM Punk did an interview that dropped today. That were you know maybe one of the biggest headline things out of that half hour interview was Punk. Uh, <laughs> He would like his big pops to be more compared to Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, not Hulk Hogan, who he uh, he, who he referred to as, quote, a piece of shit. (laughs) So a lot of things you can you can we can dive into today, but we only have so much time. We want to get to the dynamite. So back to Brian Dennison on the wrestling podcast. And uh, he talked about something that's very popular, uh, a very popular conversation, which is the yes chant, the famous yes chant that is so synonymous with with the Daniel Bryan part of his career. But Brian Danielson revealed that he's not going to use the S-chant. Yes he's not going to lean into that in AEW uh, out of respect for his former employee, uh, ployer, ploy, employer. There we go. <laughs> out of respect for WWE and their intellectual property. Uh, he talked about how he had a uh, conversation with the longtime uh, WWE executive producer and chief of global television distribution, uh, Kevin Dunn, and basically was asked to respect WWE's IP and, um, and he said it he kind of as I'm looking into this, it's not so much of a legal thing. It's not uh, it's not that they've threatened anything legally, but it's just you know, a, kind of a gentleman's agreement of, you know, the intellectual property of the s yes chant was capitalized and owned and and, and fostered by WWE. And, and so Brian's not going to not going to mess with that. So, I mean, obviously, he can't stop the fans for chanting. Yes, and he's and Certainly, as we saw tonight, uh, they're, they're, they're going to do the yes chan every kick that he delivers the same way that every wrestling fan and in the Western part of the, of the world, uh, does a woo every time somebody does a knife edge chop. It's just kind of, it's just in the universal vernacular of wrestling fans, but Brian not going to, um, lean into it with his promos or his entrance or or merchandising with AEW. So I, I thought this Alfred plus, you know, he, he, he penned that very genuine player's tribune letter, uh, a day before this big show and that letter was all about thanking WWE and, and even without naming him, but we knew who he was talking about, Vince McMahon, th- th- praising Vince, even to something as saying of, I wish more people could see you the way that I see you, uh, noting how close of a relationship that they uh, they developed over, over his time in WWE. So, I mean, I, what a bait. I mean, th- this guy just I mean, you, you can't you can't handle yourself with any more class than this. the ultimate baby face is Brian Danielson right now.
3: Uh, completely agreed and that was one of the things that i first noticed when he came in ww or aew and he even said that he's not going to point his fingers up and do the yes chance but he would encourage and and acknowledge them and let fans do it but i did notice that when he first debuted at aew all out he was just kind of looking at the fans to do it once they did he would nod his head and, and that's what went through my mind is i wonder if that's one of those trademark things that wb doesn't allow him to do or wouldn't want him to do but it does turn out that it was more of a gentleman's agreement and to your point about daniel Bryan or brian danielson being so classy uh, i know this is what he's going for because he's not driven by money but this is what's ironic about it this is a perfect business type decision in terms of I think people who want to make a lot of money in wrestling and want to keep their options open and be valuable on the open market need to look at how Brian Danielson has handled himself from transitioning out of WWE to AEW being nothing but gracious with WWE when his contract comes up and I don't know when that is let's say it's three years and he's still going to be well in his prime and hopefully able to go uh, when he's a free agent of WWE given how gracefully he left them and AEW given how I think he's going to be a success there are both going to to really want him there i think WWE feels like they could get uh, brian danielson back when his contract is up and i think he's going to be uh really coveted on the open market and one of the main reasons is because of how he's carried himself here so it's like the brian danielson approach and then the cm punk approach which is more scorched earth f you guys i'm coming over here which uh as much as he was a coveted item WWE didn't really bid for him they really internally did not want him there so that i think hurt his value on the open market that the industry leader isn't really throwing money at you to come back
2: well, and I think we also have to keep in mind, it's smart, it's smart by Brian that, uh, it, it, and it's not his style to, 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 it's not his style to, to do the CM Punk way. And obviously Ooh. Punk has a lot of grievances, so it's a different story, but it's not his, it's not Brian's style to start shooting on WWE. Uh, cause he also knows if he starts shooting, those bullets can ricochet and affect a lot more people. You know, his father-in-law is, is an executive there. Um, his wife, for all intents and purposes, is still, you know, I mean, the Bellas, you know, until until they show up in AEW are always part of the WWE brand and world. So, you know, he starts shooting. And if people want to get petty on WWE side, they could they could they could make other people's lives a hell if, if they wanted to take it so personal. So, you know, I think, you know, he's doing things the right way. Uh, for multiple multiple motivations. Yes. Uh, and lastly, on our news block here, again, you can read all about this. All all these headlines are on WrestlingInc.com. You can read more and get uh, more in-depth. Uh, Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men podcast, uh, who's been uh, pretty on the mark with accuracy uh, with everything he goes public with, uh, he's saying that there's going to be a new title introduced in AEW, and it's likely going to be for the women's division. No word yet on if it's going to be a singles title or a tag team title, but it is believed to be in the women's division. Of course, that women's division certainly has grown and uh, grown for the better, evolved um, uh, for AEW. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, how they unroll that uh, roll that out. Of course, AEW Women's Champion was the main event uh, tonight of AEW Dynamite, which we'll get into now, Alfred, as we uh, kick it off. And they, did like, they like to start hot. Uh, they, you know, a match that you could obviously argue would have been in, the, in that main event spot. No, they decide they're going to lead off with it, and it's Brian Danielson, his first match in 145 days, up against Kenny Omega. This one, folks, this is this is the first. This match is if, if you didn't watch the show, this first half hour is what you need to watch. Uh, you, the, the whole thing's good, the whole two hours. But if if, if you're short on time and want to pick the best of the best, this first half hour is here. These first few minutes are incredible, Alfred. They introduce each each participant, referee calls for the bell, and the place explodes. Both men are in the corner. They haven't done anything. I mean, I, 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 I don't do this lightly, but it's a Rock Hogan kind of oh, yeah. explosion just for the happiness of look what's in the ring, look what the company's giving us. I, going back to my early analogy, we're thirsty. I mean, this was a moment. Did you feel this?
3: Oh, 100%. The only comparison is Hogan Rock. I don't know how you couldn't think about that and make the comparison, which Hogan Rock is like a top five WrestleMania moment for me. And not only a match, but just that opening sequence, like you said, of them looking around and just kind of realizing how over they are. And you have to be a pretty big star or at least pretty popular to your fan base in order to get a response like that from a bell ringing. And, and that's exactly what they got. And, and this is one of those things you could look at in terms of you're browsing through the channels. You heard about this Grand Slam show. It's supposed to be pretty big. Maybe you haven't watched wrestling while i'm sure they're going to get a lot of casual viewers you watch something like that within that without them doing a single move you're just like oh my god this this must be a big deal like this what have i been missing out on and so i I thought this was a great start to this match in terms of making both appear as big giant stars
2: absolutely i do know we have some super chats they're teed up we will get to them here in a moment guys we're going to just go ahead and finish this entire match and segment while we're since we've gotten into it yeah and so i'll tell you what my thought and my note that i wrote down here alfred was i see this a crazy explosion uh, uh, of of a reaction, and then they do the old fashioned, the, the 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 most common way you can start a pro wrestling match: collar and elbow tie up, yep. and the place explodes again. Yep, as soon as they lock up, and that's when I make the note to myself, going, "I hope that I hope that Tony Khan and company factored in a match later on in the show that they can cut the time down for, because." Uh, you know, like I'm just looking at this and, and of course I did not know the finish of the match. So that's that's going to slightly change the perspective, but I'm looking at this. And I'm like, these guys have to take their time. They have to soak this in. You can't rush this. Uh, of course, we would come to find out here in a moment that the time of this match was designated from the very beginning. And it was a very hard determined time, but I'm just thinking, I'm like this thing right now. I mean, if they wanted to, could, this could fill a, the full hour because people are just eating, uh, this match up. So I, I just an incredible start. This, this really, again, fans chaining AEW. there was just such pride from the audience watching this match. They truly felt this is my, this is my AEW company. So we get into it. I mean, it is a chop fest. It is a kick fest, a woo for every chop, a yes for every kick, uh hard hitting. Brian's got red welts all over his uh, chest. I mean, they managed to work and do a story and they, they eventually transitioned into it, Alfred, where, they were you know omega's really working the neck of brian which obviously that's the scariest thing you can do because we all know brian's history so you're just leaning into that and just going where everybody's mind everybody's mind naturally goes to and you know we see a running v trigger from the top of the stage all the way to the to the apron on brian Uh, we see a buckle bomb on brian we see an avalanche uh dragon suplex on brian from the top big false finish uh, omega mix misses a phoenix splash uh brian gets the lapel lock on but 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 omega squirms out of it gets to the rope and finally after all of that alfred a time limit draw champion doesn't get pinned brian doesn't technically lose his first match they leave the people wanting a hell of a lot more do you agree with this finish
3: hundred uh, percent. I'm glad that they did this. Uh, I think you could gauge how good this match was, or at least how much these fans were into it, by how pissed they were when they called for that time limit draw. And I think these fans were legitimately caught off guard because there were some audio issues and I could hear Justin Roberts announcing something, but I didn't hear what it was. And I don't think they heard what it was. And then Excalibur had to get on and say, okay, we're within our final 45 seconds. I was taken aback by that. So I know these fans did not hear that warning. I don't think. So when it ended, I think that made them even more upset. But I, I'm fine with this in that you're not beating Kenny Omega again. It makes sense as to why they kicked the show off of a match like this, because you had, had to at least have that 20 minutes and, and not have this match get cut down somehow. But I loved what I saw from these two. And, you know, it is kind of a shame that I was expecting them to have what, what is like this great, the greatest match of all time or live up to the potential. But a match like this, given cert- the circumstances, is as good as I've seen a drop hold off. And I do want more. And it is about the larger story, which in AEW, they realize how valuable that is and i want to see that story i want to see that chase of brian danison toward kenny omega
2: well and you have to you have to leave room for more because you know there's got to be another match so i mean like this match delivered it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever but it delivered Uh, it was a hell of a first half hour and i like the fact that this match um there was such a really good story and the pacing of it was good it picked up and had its moments where it got really but but they never it never turned into uh the the it never felt like it turned into the reckless spot fest yeah. that AEW can get accused of, you know, fostering that style. There were some big spots, but everything did have a, a really good meaning. I, and I, and I, and I, I, that's the best compliment I can give to this. Um, so time limit draw. And then uh, after the match, um, after the match, we, we, you know, we get uh, the bucks and, and Adam Cole, they're all running out they They're all, uh, you know, getting brian off of of kenny because he you know he's trying to still do the bell lock not realizing the timeline's been up um i mean there's just a moment of just the fans they're such in brian's corner they're pissed as you noted uh and then they had the bucks and coley all three of them super kick brian you know and then here comes christian cage and Jurassic express i I get that's all happening because we're promoting okay they're all gonna fight on friday and we gotta you know promote rampage but i was kind of like we could have done without this I know it's hard. I know AEW can't help themselves. They love all the goo gaga after matches, uh, but I was like, I don't. We didn't need that. I, I just, I kind of. That was my one kind of gripe about all this. Is like, this is so much about Brian and Omega. Let it remain about them. I don't need all that other stuff a, 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 after the fact. But that said, um, a hell of an f- opening thirty minutes.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. It was a little excessive at I'm just glad they didn't interfere in the match because I think that would have been egregious. But uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree that it wasn't needed, but I, you know, I don't think it took anything away. And uh, I, I just really very much enjoyed what they did. And I completely agree in terms of this was kind of closer. I wouldn't say it's WWE style, but it's more WWE pacing in terms of a main event style match. And they did a great job of it. I thought this was really good.
2: And let me ask, uh, uh, let me ask you to that point, Alfred. Uh, Kenny Omega, who obviously has never worked and he's never worked in in WWE, um, he's a guy that's there's a long debate of you know what, how would he ever fare in WWE? And there's a lot of rumors a couple years ago that maybe he'd go there or maybe he's what, whatever. Obviously, he didn't. Do you think, uh, do you think to that point, this was a WWE, this was a WWE kind of match, yeah, um, in the the best way possible? Uh, do you think, how much do you think that that has to do with Brian? Like, do you think maybe Kenny Omega had a different approach? And thinking of this match, and Brian goes, "No, uh, let me, let me, let me tell you, let me, let me bring some things to you that I've learned." Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder how much of an influence that is.
3: Has to be. Has to be. If you heard Brian Danielson's admiration for Vince McMahon, uh, part of that is, uh, you know, Brian Danielson is a guy who's in love with wrestling, so he's speaking to the wrestling intellect of Vince McMahon. There's a lot of things that I think maybe wrestling fans from the outside in think that Vince Man has lost the plot or this that and the other this is still the greatest wrestling promoter of all time a guy who definitely has jewels and Brian Danielson is a very smart judicious guy who probably took the nuggets and pearls of wisdom that he found were very valuable uh, and kept them. And there's even stories out there of Brian Danielson writing down the things he learned from this man. And I guarantee you, bringing that to a guy like Kenny Omega, who's, you, if you've heard him talk about wrestling, it's fascinating. And I think he's a wrestling genius in a lot of ways, but outside of the realm of a WWE. So those two minds working together, I think, is part of what's going to make this so great. And I would kind of see spots like the Hurricane Rada spot uh, Brian Danielson did on Kenny Omega to counter the one wing angel, I think, is something you'd see in WWE. And I don't think it's something that Kenny Omega would be open to, to do over and over. But I, I definitely saw things that I think Brian Danielson learned in his time with WWE that were incorporated in this match.
2: $5 super chat from Corey pride. So would you have Danielson take the belt off Omega at the next pay-per-view
3: depends on how they build it. I I would say, no, I I mean, it's not until November, but I don't know. That might be his number. We're just going to have to see how hot Brian Danielson gets. I think they should tell a good, compelling story of him chasing, going through the elite, and then finally getting to Kenny Omega. But we'll see how hot he is because I think that's going to determine it. I think right now, if he goes, keeps going the way he's going and people are just you know, loving Brian Danielson, yeah, maybe you pull that trigger, but I do still think it's too early for Kenny Omega to lose.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's needed. I mean, obviously, you could put it on Brian, and people go nuts. But I, I don't think it's neat. I think they would still, uh, to your point, I think he could go through the gauntlet of of the, and he can have some great matches. I mean, he can have, you know, he can find himself a tag partner for tag match against the Young Bucks. He can, of course, go against Adam Cole. There could be a lot of good money, good rating matches to kill six months, and let the fans salivate over getting Brian Omega again. And then maybe once we finally get it, because a t- because a time limit w- was the obstacle. Perhaps they do an Iron Man type match. If you have two guys that are that are legit perceived to be the best in the world, and this is like the best match possible you can come up with, that's, a course, reason to then go 60 minutes uh, and let, you know, let multiple falls or however you book it. So, but I agree. I don't. I wouldn't turn around and give it to people, even even as soon as November, even though that's, you know, only um, you know, just over a month away. I, I I I agree. I would let I would let this really carry into twenty twenty two and yeah. really make people wait and deserve to get that match again, uh, after Brian again has racked up more and more wins. because uh, right now he's 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 oh oh and one. So let, let let him get some wins in the win column uh and then pull that in and 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 have that be. Uh, a big money match all over again I, I, th-
3: I think kenny omega hinted toward that's the direction they're taking because he did take the twitter shortly after the match and said ain't gonna be no rematch and i think the idea of him depriving them of this potentially great match uh is going to really hopefully they take their time in building that anticipation to where finally there's no choice but to do it and by then they're going to be so hot for that match
2: let me give me let me give you one more brian has been very vocal he wants to work japan obviously kenny you know kenny you know, japan is a Second home to him behind Winnipeg. Uh, the Forbidden Door. Okay. Having said all that, is this something where the next time they have this match, is it in Japan? Are, are we looking at January 4th? Are we, you know, you, you get wow. one one out of here?
3: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't see Tony Khan giving away what is really his biggest match. Well, he, Tony, I mean,
2: to Tony would have to find a way to get a, a piece of the the pot, the financial yeah. pot. I'm just wondering, does this take, you know, it, it, it happened in New York City. Now, how do we take it to Tokyo?
3: Right, I'm just I'm saying from a perception standpoint, and um, you know, not even a money thing, just the Booker having this hot match that I think he sees is an AEW type match, and to give the second match away, which really would be the full-fledged, no time limit, you're going to get a finish in this match, to give that to Japan would be a very interesting precedent to set. I, I don't see him doing it this early. I do see them maybe um, competing in Japan. I don't know about against each other. I don't know how close Kenny Omega has come to talking to japan again um, he tells everybody who's willing to listen that you know their relationship isn't good and he's you not going back there anytime soon but you would imagine given that there's a forbidden door he's gonna almost inevitably end up back up in japan i just don't know if kenny omega and brian danielson is a match that you make maybe him and abushi you know koto abushi could be one but be very interesting that's for sure and i would be very intrigued in seeing how they would work a japanese style match
2: it's fascinating that I can even toss it out to you as within the realm of possibility, but here we yeah, are.
3: Yeah, I love it. It's very exciting.
2: Uh, Jatoga Balinski, $5. Alfred, <laughs> what are you watching Sunday, the pay-per-view or your co-ownership with me, Green Bay Packers?
3: Well, uh, yes, I am a co-owner of the Green Bay Packers, and it is going head-to-head with Extreme Rules. And so, you know, thanks to the wondrous of technology, I'm going to have Extreme Rules up on the big screen, you know, if they can come to the event. But the Green Bay Packers will be on a smaller screen on a, on the, my laptop. And you know what? Uh, if it's a good enough game, I'm sure they're going to blow out the 49ers by halftime. We'll have that in the bag. Uh, but if it's a good enough game, maybe we'll switch and Extreme Rules goes to the small screen. But uh, I'll be watching both very intently
2: wow look at you maybe maybe even uh, switching up well i mean alfred and i will be i mean you better watch some of the pay-per-view because you and i are talking about the pay-per-view sunday night
3: I'll be watching. I'll be watching. i can multitask i'll be watching the pay-per-view trust me i'll be nice and ready i'm a professional the niners are gonna be tough by the way i, I don't want to jinx the packers the niners are gonna be a very tough team my least favorite football team of all of them uh, because i grew up in norcal all my friends were the niner were a niner fans so 49ers are my least favorite team uh, in football
2: well sunday night alfred and i will be talking extreme rules That will be presented by Manscaped, just as tonight is. Tonight's podcast is presented by Manscaped. Of course, we love our friends at Manscaped. They've been longtime supporters of this podcast, and you guys have been supporting Manscaped, which keeps them supporting, so it just makes the world go round and round. And Manscaped, of course, if you are new to this, let us catch you up manscaped they are the best in the men's below the waist grooming they are the below the waist grooming champions of the world they offer precision engineer tools for your family jewels manscaped they just launched the fourth generation four 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 fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 that's right 4.0 over 2 million men worldwide two of them right here trust manscaped with this exclusive offer to you, 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. I mean, like, think about it. Imagine you're shaving with a sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving time one of your favorite times in the bathroom. No more, no, 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 no more blading, no more color, no Abdul of the butcher on the, on the, on the balls. No, 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 no. <laughs> i've been one of the first people and i offered to think you got it too i mean i, I got the manscape shaving kit bag i got the cologne i got the grooming tools but most importantly i have the lawnmower 4.0 and i can tell you it's the real deal they got a nice little plastic piece on the end of it that that allows the blade to do what it's got to do but it makes sure you're not doing no nicking no cutting again no unnecessary blading um yeah, you know, the craftsmanship and detail that they put into this is is on point, and it's got an LED light. I mean, you know, you're 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 going at weird angles. You're trying to spike Lee this thing at all different angles possible. You got to be well lit, all right, all right. The key grip's got to have the lighting right, and this lawnmower 4.0 has got your lighting right. Um, you know, new uh, multifunction on/off switch uh, can engage in the travel lock, so if you're traveling, don't worry about running the battery down. It also has wireless charging uh you know 4000k led spotlight that i talked about i mean it, it really is this takes shaving to the next i mean next 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 level i mean if you're a guy and you have any body hair which you do uh i really i, I gotta say this is the best way to go and again you can try it save 20 plus free shipping manscaped.com code winc20 uh, again we're you know both Alfred and i have been uh have been you know uh, customers of this, very happy to be customers of them. Very happy they support this podcast. Again, it's all a very kumbaya, uh, synergy-happy uh, uh, relationship. And I can tell you this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com.
3: Never looked better.
2: Never looked better.
3: Add production values to my shaving routine. To to see it in the light, it's a different way to get intimate and, uh, and understand and appreciate your body. So shout out to Manscaped.
2: It's a Kevin Dunn production on Alfred's balls.
3: <laughs> Can we, that should be the next innovation is to get a production assistant or a key grip to to hold so the lighting is just right when you're shaving.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad I worked in key grip to, uh, <laughs> to, to, a manscaped ad. Uh, all right, let me get some, we have a few more super chats. I don't want to let anybody die out here. Um. Sean Wiley five dollars. Uh, Brian Omega total money. Cody just real dull. He needs a to reset uh, totally now. Osprey or White versus Brian. I believe Hager turns heel and Jericho uh, tomorrow, Friday. All right. So some predictions there, Sean. We'll we'll, we'll touch on all kinds of different uh storylines here. That was his. I think we had another one. Here we go. We got Nightmare uh, Knee ten dollars. That Brian that, that Brian Danielson match was.
3: I think he's missing a fire emoji, but uh, yeah, fire.
2: Know. I know I'm late. <laughs> Looking good, Justin. Keep up the good work. Breathe, Alfred. You go 100 miles per hour when you're excited, I love you guys. Keep up the good
3: work. All right. Well, thanks. Listen, uh, the, the women who have who, uh, loved my manscaping never complain about how fast I go. Woo! So, uh, I am not going to talk about it, you know, not time-wise, just in terms of technique. Everybody has different techniques, and I will use my techniques. But thank you, Nightmare India. I really appreciate it.
2: Slow motion for you. Slow motion for you. <laughs> All right. Back to business, we go. Well, up next, CM Punk, his first interview just 48 hours before. All right, his interview before he returns. Wait, wait, wait. it's an in ring interview 48 hours before his first TV match in seven years. (laughs) That's where it was. (laughs) We got to get every tagline possible to push out there. Uh, with CM Punk and Nightmare Knees. Sheesh, that Brian Daniel was everything. LOL. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right, so Punk comes out, and uh, he notes uh, it's been a long time since he's been in New York City, and Alfred, it's been a long time since pro wrestling has been in New York City. Uh, he talks about how you know people want the old CM Punk, how he's always, he's always happy. They want the angry, mad CM Punk. He says, be careful what you wish for. Starts to talk about how Team Taz, they try to put him through a table and all this stuff. And he talks about Team Taz. They slept on the legend that is CM Punk. But it's not his job to wake him up. It's his job to tuck them in. What a tagline this was. What what a hard sell for Friday. I like it. The guy still got it.
3: Hell yeah. No, he was wonderful. You know, CM Punk does a good job in these environments when he's cutting these promos, and I really like that line. And he really knows how to sell something without sounding cheesy. It doesn't sound like a commercial when CM Punk is doing it.
2: <laughs> it's this chat room. Bernie, <laughs> wonder why Issa is always smiling around oh, Alfred. Jesus. Sorry, I had to go there for a reaction at least. My kidding. goodness.
3: That is a miracle. Corey, word. Alfred
2: knows how to lay pipe. Don't <laughs> Why we what needed to I know done? that, but play on play, <laughs>
3: what all have right. I done but uh at this is nasty, my DMs are wide open, uh ladies, Ooh.
2: <laughs> i had to'm sorry,
3: <laughs> I love
2: it, sorry, so, all right, uh, yeah, punk, I mean, the g- great hard sell, he's gonna go up against powerhouse Hobbs, um you know, I mean, team task certainly needs a a rub, and so this I mean, I you know cm punk's not losing, but let's let's see what kind of rub he can offer up uh while wrestling his way to a another victory which i mean that's the only there's, there's no other option here folks it's not you know, cm punk ain't laying looking at the lights for a three count for this one. i'm sorry it's just not happening
3: yeah this is something for cm punk to do in terms of go through team taz this is a story that you can tell in elevating some of these members of team taz because they have some very promising prospects and will hobbs ricky starks And I've never seen Hook wrestle before, but I really do like him as an off uh, non-wrestling character for the time being. But, you know, part of that's going to be on AEW and should have been on AEW to kind of build up Hobbs, build up starts, tell their stories and whatnot. So that by the time they lose, you're still seeing them as bigger stars like they did with Jungle Boy. And I do think that it helped in terms of that segment last week. Uh, Even though the table didn't break, uh, they did at least get some shine on Will Hobbs heading into that match.
2: I Don't know about you though. Announce table, you know throwing somebody through an announced table it's become so I mean obviously it's so cliched. It used to be that there was a Spanish announce table that was all cliched. Um I actually think when you, now it makes the spot even better when you try to put somebody through the table and they bounce off the announce table, and it doesn't break because you know it's like oh, that looks so brutal. I actually think it's kind of like that's like a that's like a a, a blessed botch. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. It's a botch that's that's got a blessing to it because it's like, ooh, that's real hard
3: still looks like it hurt it's still believable in terms of him selling it it's not like one of these botches where they like miss by an hour or a mile and you have to actually sell that you like you got hit by a chair or whatnot this was an actual like okay so he didn't break the table but that looks like it would hurt more
2: yeah uh let me just tell you folks from experience i don't want to like kill the the magic show here it's a lot more painful to bounce off the table than go through it yeah just want to put that out there uh
1: (laughs)
2: Nightmare knee, five dollars. That match was everything. I'm texting from work, so I'm experiencing a lot of granical errors. Sorry. I love this episode. I gotta give it to you, man. You're you're at work making. Hopefully, you're making a really good hourly wage, and here you are just giving money back to Raj. I appreciate. Uh, well, Raj appreciates it. I guess we we, we you know we're, we're we're at all. We appreciate you interacting with us. Love it. My, our best. Our best at work to you. All right, uh, back to uh, in-ring action as we get MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Obviously, this has you know this as we talked about in previous weeks. This had a very personal, a quick build, but a personal build uh, dating back to when they were in Cincinnati uh, recently. Uh, MJF wins this with the armbar submission, but Alfred, I got to say this: this crowd sounded like they were just kind of like exhausted. They they did they just had a thirty-minute match, then they were immediately kept up with CM Punk at high high energy. Now we're at the end of the first hour crossing over into the second hour, but it just felt like they were like, they needed a break. They, there, there wasn't, I mean, they, 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 booed MJF in the entrance, but once the match got going, they were just kind of like, it felt like they were just kind of just, just need, they needed a break.
3: This crowd took this match off, and this was kind of formulated like a pay-per-view. And when you're looking at the structure of a pay-per-view, there's always going to be a point where there's a so-called popcorn match. And I don't think that's what they envisioned for a match like this because of how big of a star MJF is. But that's where it was slotted in terms of there's just only so much energy that people could humanly exert. And even though this was a good crowd throughout the night, high energy, this was definitely a match that they decided like they weren't going to treat as a priority to the others. And I I really don't think that I thought this match was fine, but I don't think it rose to a level of a match that should be uh, treated like this. I think it was very basic. MJF was doing a good job using some old school heel tactics, but uh, this was going to be a tough task to be able to follow CM Punk and the Bryan Danielson match we just saw.
2: Yeah. I, 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 um... MJF's the one of the best heels they have, so I don't want to say, like, maybe they shouldn't have done this match on this show. But I don't know if it was needed. I, I don't know. I mean, but then I also look at, like, Pillman's one of these guys who, you know, with the news of the Owen Hart Cup that's going to be coming to AEW. you know, certainly you can make a lot of case for why an uh, am not becoming babyface like a Brian Pillman Jr., who there those pictures of him being held as a baby by Owen Hart. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I just don't know on the show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Pilma Jr. didn't really get over or advance in any which way. I mean, MJF just keeps his heel gimmick up. But, you know, they didn't. There was no uh, teasing if he and Wardle having problems as there has been other times. I I don't know. I just this this one, this I, I can't believe I'm saying this. But this MJF match and segment was probably the lowest point of the whole show.
3: Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, that's not a wild take. I, I do think, and it kind of is a testament to how good this show was. Sure. Not necessarily a slight on MJF, but no, we no, not at all. To- it's not a slight on yeah. him at
2: all. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just this show. I mean, every other segment we're going to go through here, there's big headlines to talk about.
3: Right. So. And when you just look segment by segment at all these matches, it's just like, yeah, the, um, just given, especially if we get into this, when we get into this tag team match there, there was just so much uh, on the show that I think was superior to this, but you know, a show, like a match like that had to function because the crowd's eventually going to come down uh, so that they can get back up for the rest of the show. So there really has to be a match like that to take a bullet. And sometimes we've seen dynamite sort of just hot throughout, but I think a wrestling heavy show like this, I don't think every match is going to hit.
2: Well, and to be, and you're right. There is that, that is a thing. When you put a show together, it, it is common. The second match is where you don't want to be slotted because it, it, you know, you want to start hot and then the second match is the kind of the bring it back down. And this was the second match of the night. It doesn't feel like it because it was an hour, it was 50 minutes in because we had the long time limit draw and then we had the CM Punk promo. But yeah, this is the second match. So by formula, that's what this match, you know, that, that's where it was slotted. Uh, I, I figured I, I, I'll give him a shout out even though he didn't pay any money because he's already. Given enough money. Uh Nightmare niece says, Yes, I make good money. So all right. Well, oh,
3: do, yes. your, I, make
2: <laughs> I make good money. I make good money. Good on him. Uh, another super chat. Um Corey Pry, $2. Is MJF still undefeated? Love him. Uh no, he lost to Jericho. Uh, yeah. that's what kept that's what kept Jericho from retiring from in ring action.
3: 15 and 3, I believe, is his record.
2: That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh oh yeah, I'll I'll give credit to this. Uh (laughs) April Greenwood, did you see this? MJF's parents had signs saying MJF sucked. That was great. I
3: I love it. I love it. The guy lives the gimmick. It's great.
2: I'm gonna I'm pulling this one too. A a free because I, I, I think this is important to address. Monsudo man saying MJF is cheap heat heel, to be honest. Nothing special beyond that. Decent in the ring, though. Look, yeah, he does the The the, You know, there's the cheap pop, cheap heat tactics of go after the local sports, go after, you know, just just berate the city you're in. He does that. But while he uses the cheap tactics, I don't think that he's cheap as a heel overall. In fact, if anything, I think he's one of the most expensive heels overall. And what I mean by that is this is a guy who who for being who's in his early 20s, a young guy who in this day and age, he does not break character. I mean, he's even been, you know, he's even been uh, panned b- b- by some critics and parents that like, "Hey, dude, it is 2021. Maybe you need to like be able to break care." I mean, because he's brutal to kids that you know he he doesn't let up. He doesn't yeah. care if you're a five year old kid at a meet and greet. He he's 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 that asshole all the time, which think what you want to think and i have kids i i I could certainly see as a parent's perspective like you know oh you just made my kid cry they don't understand that's a show whatever but you got to give some respect to a guy that in this day and age when people are scared to be heels that's a reality people want to play bad they want to play bad guy but then they want to be able to walk over to the merch table at intermission and smile and sell some merch they want Likes and selfies and social media followers. They don't want. They don't want their car to be toilet papered, or they don't want to have the kind of heat that MJF seems to relish in and does not break. So, Monsoon Man, I'm calling. I mean, you're. You know, you can have your opinion, but I don't think that he's a cheap heel. He does do some cheap heat tactics because it works because he's just such an asshole. Uh, so, but I, I think he's he's probably you know again one of the best heels that there is today.
3: Yeah, he's a heels heel. And I look at MJF like uh like a bow and arrow archer who has all these different arrows and he's just gonna use or a golfer who has all these different clubs, and he uses all of them in his arsenal. And one of those clubs is cheap heat because every great heel knows how to do that, but he also knows how to be a chicken heel. He also knows how to be a loudmouth heel who just talks and it doesn't know how to back it up. And he uses every type of heel tactic in his arsenal, and that's what I think makes him not a cheap heel, but a very complete heel, and somebody who can do all kinds of different things as a a bad guy
2: speaking of heels well we got this one mixed up (laughs) malachi black (laughs) up against the returning cody rose now malachi black he's got his dark entrance people cheer him but they've cheered we understand malachi black he, he he's no longer being you know he's no longer having to give dark riddles Uh, On SmackDown in a a dark room asking to knock on his door. So people, they they, they appreciate Malachi Black. Hard-headed. Stiff worker. But here we go. The nightmare. The American nightmare. He's back. Beautiful wife and all. New baby. Just, just, Just popped out. Legendary coach Arn Anderson. Red, white, and blue on. Special big premium show entrance. Coming back with the heroic entrance for retribution on his family. Baby face story all around. Yeah. New York says, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and they have no interest. None of the 20,000 in Queens have any interest, Alfred, of cheering Cody Rhodes. They don't care if he's got a reality show Rhodes to the top. They are booing Cody Rhodes. We got several levels, so don't get ahead of me. First, just to that, were you surprised?
3: No, I was not surprised. I was more surprised last week when Cody Rhodes came back and they were cheering him and there were Cody chants. Because I do think that Malachi Black has gotten more popular with each week. And you would think on paper the story would be Cody Rhodes comes back, he gets his win back, the heroic babyface conquers in his first match back. And I just think doing something like that at this point, given how hot Malachi has been, you know, uh, might have pissed these people off the idea of that. So that's, I think, part of the reason he got booed so much is these people really wanted Malachi Black to win this match.
2: They did. And so this match, there are portions of the match which... at least from my experience when, when 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 you when you're in the back and you're putting a match together obviously you know the pivotal points uh, the most pivotal being the finish but then there's points where you're like all right just something something some work some heat here work some shine here you know it's just the little things you just you, you don't need to call the minutiae you just feel it out when you get out there those were able to be improvised cody ends up doing then some heel heat things you know he's you know, he, he grabs Black's leg as Black is halfway in the ropes and wrenches and it. It does some heel tactic things, leaning into the fact that the audience has no interest of cheering him. But then there was something there was something pretty interesting at the beginning. Black does the deal where, uh, you know, he he, he knocks Cody out of the ring. We see this Black does a thing where he, then he hits the middle rope and he springboards, does a backflip, and then he sits in Indian style position. This is something he did it as uh, he did it, you know, in WWE. He does that. And, and at this point, it is clear fans are with him against Cody yeah. Brandy slides into the ring sits Indian style opposite him and gives him the middle fingers and says F you I, I have to think and good on her if this is true I have to think that was improvised because again they went out there walking out there uh, the, 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 as the baby faces. then I mean I, I guess I mean I have to think that was improvised I've heard us like well I guess we're doing this we're the heels in this and she jumped in there and did that uh what, what do you think what how did you interpret that
3: Wow, that'd be interesting. I didn't think that. I thought that it might have been a planned spot. But, you know, that really wouldn't. But surprise. why would it? Why would it yeah, be? Yeah, now that I think about it in terms of why would the babyfaces do that, maybe they did just decide, hey, we're going to be heels in this mess. Maybe they were smart to the fact that they are in New York in front of a New York crowd that is going to be a, a little more smart heavy and see Cody as the authority figure rather than the character babyface uh, but yeah, that'd be very interesting if this was because if it was kudos to them, because I thought it was a great spot.
2: Well, and if you go back and watch it too, if, if if you have the show recorded, go back and watch it when it happens. She starts to roll in, and Cody even has like a moment of like a split moment. If you look at his eyes, like he's kind of like, What WTF, what are you doing? And then she went and did it, and then black. I mean, but it, I remember just watching this, and I'm like, That had to be called on the fly. And again, I'm giving I'm giving, I'm not trying to expose things, I'm not trying to like, um, I'm not trying to armchair Booker this. I, I'm I'm trying to give a compliment that if that if she did in fact call on the spot, which I think she did, that would again, good on her because the fans have made up their mind. Lean into yeah. it. you're out there trying to be the babyface uh, moral support as the wife, along with then the 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 coach and Arn. Well, at that point, people aren't going to buy into the moral support. You're all guilty by association, so you might as well just be the bad bitch who's going to go in there and flick them off. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I, I just thought that was. That was you know something worthwhile to bring up. All right, so so match continues. The match gets, again, they, they try to, to play off the crowd, but it definitely threw them for a loop, and most notably is um, the finishing sequence is they have Arn trying to get on the apron, who apparently he slipped, but the camera didn't catch anything. He slips, so, though. And, and,
3: so was that planned? Because I thought that that was a legit mistake that Arn made. Was he supposed to fall off before he got back on the apron and distracted? Because
2: I didn't think so. Because I don't – I, I might have been writing. I might have looked down the paper, but I didn't see him – Like the, I think the slip happened off camera. I think the crowd reacted because he but was getting ready to
3: – He was trying to come around, and he was holding on to the pole, and so he was trying to swing his way around to the other side of the apron, and then he just kind of fell off of it, which I think it was uh, legit because they were supposed yeah. to do an apron spot. He was standing on the wrong side, and Cody kind of motioned him over like, yeah. hey, man, you got to be standing over there. Yeah. So he went there, so I think it was a legitimate uh, error. Yeah, no, Yeah, I
2: think it's legit too. So he falls legit. Yeah. And then that kind of stalls their timing because now Cody and Black are having to like wait until Brandy can help get Arn up. Arn gets up to the apron on the right side that he's supposed to be at. And they do what's again supposed to be a baby face oopsie. Ba- poor old baby face runs into poor old coach Arn. And then that leads into eventually um Ref getting uh, the ref got like hit or whatever by and then he gets the uh, Cody gets black misted by Black which again old school heel thing to do yeah. spit the mist to get the roll up win but the people just exploded and we're just happy Cody's not winning this and Black of course does end up winning so Malachi Black wins this uh, Cody just again in New York you know and New York's an unruly crowd um but the fans love it I, I where do we go from here I mean again you're, they're promoting heavy this Rhodes reality show black's undefeated luckily that's good I mean so where do you go from here
3: um well I think you split these two off and I do think that we're going to get a Cody Rhodes heel turn in the future uh and I think that's going to start when he turns on Arn Anderson because he did have a spot toward yeah. the end of the match where Cody barked at the referee which is kind of a heel thing to do which may have been more of them leading into this heel response that Cody was getting but I do think we're starting the countdown to Cody turning on Arn within the next month or so
2: yeah all right, so uh, so Malachi Black remains undefeated. I'd like to see it here. All right, now we get some tag team action. Uh, FTR comes out. They're wearing NWO black and white type gear, uh, and here in their match with uh, against Sting and Darby. Commentary notes, perhaps they're making without naming NWO. They're making a reference to the NWO, noting that 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 time in Sting's career, of course, when Sting was a man on an island battling the NWO black and white. <laughs> I took it more as interesting timing that, like, FTR's always leaned into the tag team discussion in the universe of wrestling. And we just saw the New Day cosplaying yeah. the Outsiders. And now here they here comes New Day or here comes sorry uh, FTR doing uh, just, you know, black and white, not black. I, I, I took it as some kind of like, you know, back in the nine the Monday Night Wars. A click used to talk to each other by always throwing this up. You know, one yeah. would be on TNT talking to the other one on USA. I took it as that as like kind of like a little nod of like, hey guys, and we're cosplaying too.
3: That's what I took it as. I thought this was more of a rib on the new day than on sting because and is there any logo that's more appropriated in pro wrestling than the NWO logo because Randy Orton had that famous shirt the RKO shirt. And now we have this and yeah, I saw them new day had the red and black and they've been doing that for a few weeks now. So when I saw them with the black and white, that's what I went to is, Oh, yeah. they're just kind of shouting out the brothers over there.
2: Yeah. That's, that's what I took. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm sure we'll find out in a podcast interview eventually. Um, all right, so so this match, uh, you know, cool. I mean, Sting. I should note too, Sting, Sting does not have his traditional crow paint. He's mixed with Darby kind of look. So that's pretty cool little um, little uh, mix there. Uh, you know, a show of unity being the same team. Uh, you know, this match, Darby's taking a lot of heat, um, but we get to the finish though. Ultimately though, and this is a pretty cool spot. Sting has got the Scorpion Deathlock on one of FTR. He's got it on uh, Dax wheelers on the outside trying to grab dax's arms to pull him towards the ropes so they are like connected and darby does a coffin drop onto the apron yeah. which ultimately breaks up that that helping hand of ftr and, and then dax uh uh taps to to the sting uh, scorpion Deathlock. so very cool finish uh so sting on the same show with <laughs> brian danielson versus kenny omega a punk promo a malachi black versus cody uh women's championship match to come 60-something or 60-year-old Sting uh, out there in front of a 20,000 people in Queens doing the deal.
3: Sting was awesome tonight. I mean, th- I was so surprised that this match was mostly Sting. Darby Allen like made bit part appearances here and there and he had an awesome finish I love that finish but this was a lot of sting and I thought sting looked great I mean obviously he's 60 years old so he's not the fastest guy in the world he's not spry or whatnot but he was perfect at what he was doing FTR has to be commended for just how great of a tag team they're. I just love how they work like they're sharing the same brain and like there's a mind meld there and I think sting did a good job working around that and He was great tonight. I thought Sting was fantastic. I thought in some ways, I don't think it's accurate to say he stole the show because that opening main event uh, kind of lived up, I think, to a lot of people's expectations in terms of how good it was. But Sting was one of the best things on the show, I thought.
2: Yeah, and obviously it's a tag match, which, you know, a little bit easier to do a tag match in some regard in terms of the workload being, you know, not all on you. But, I mean, like like this match, you know, and he's been in a few other matches, but we'll just talk about this match tonight. You can argue... Uh, and you were there live for it too, Alfred. You know, th- th- he looked better in this match at 60 than he did It what would have been, I guess, 54 20, 20, 20. against against H at, uh, at Mania uh, 31. Yeah, thank you. Um, I knew we were both out there. So, I mean, like, yeah. and because, and, and, I mean, like, you look at the match at Triple H, that, that match at Triple H at Mania was fun as hell because it was just goo goo gaga filled. NWO comes out, DX comes out. Like, okay. You know, it wasn't a you know it wasn't a tremendous work rate match. Um and You can argue six years later, he, he he looks he looks like he's more with it in the ring, or at least more comfortable. Um, And maybe that's just a testament to the environment and the setting of the company than he was you know six years earlier. So
3: definitely, he does.
2: Uh, Five dollars from Hojo to go. Bolinsky dissension with Arn. Did you not see it, or do you think he was frustrated from the fall? No, that, that was definitely planned, as Alfred mentioned. Yeah. They definitely wanted to drop that nugget that there's an issue of probably breaking, probably getting on off a TV from Cody. Um, They might've just thought Cody would have been a baby face getting told by his coach. I don't want nothing to do with you. Instead, all the fans were like, yeah, Screw that guy. You don't need to be with him. So just but had we'll a...
3: see. This, this seems like AEW or the babyface version of MJF and Wardlow and that they've done this a couple of times where Arnold either cost Cody a match or distract him and almost cost him the match, and it seems like they're going that direction, and then they just drop it.
2: Yeah. Uh, gaming Sage Pro, $5 stings. Makeup was in reference to them smearing it and wiping it off, which I is why that. it wasn't as normal, nice as normal. All right. I like, yeah, continuity. I'll buy it. Speaking of continuity, did you catch the sign in the crowd? It was opposite the hard camera. Did you catch the sign? It said Vince, fears coherent storylines.
3: Oh, no, I didn't see that one. <laughs> There's a couple of good signs here. Also, MJF is a cuck made TV.
2: <laughs> I didn't see that one.
3: Cut away from it immediately.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you can pop me with a sign, you're doing good work. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good work. All right, uh, it's main event time. Here we go. It is a women's uh, world championship match. It is a uh, Brit, Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Uh, they did a smart thing in showing the best of clips of their uh, verbal uh, sparring on Rampage last week. Good because I, because Rampage viewership continues to go down. So I just say good because there's a good portion of the audience who didn't see this, yeah. and this is some pretty good juicy work shoot type of stuff. Uh, you know, Ruby Soho, Ruby to Britt. Oh, you're. I've seen this before, you know. Oh, you got the looks. You think you have it, but you're insecure. You're another chick banging a dude in the back, you know. Oh, uh, and then, you know, Britt. Oh, you, you're not a runaway. You just got fired, and you know, stuff that easily gets people buzzed up because it starts touching on real life things. Uh, so here we go, Brit versus Ruby Soho. Ruby, of course, uh, you know, fresh in the company, has not lost. Britt's been the champion for a while. She's the heel, but not in the same Cody weird dynamic. She's the heel, but. You know you're gonna get a a Brit Baker uh, pocket of fans and support. So you kind of go into it knowing this. Um, it starts off a little sloppy, but they gain their footing after a few moments. A pretty sick swinging neckbreaker by Britt onto Ruby from the outside of the, the outside on apron and into the floor. Uh, there's an air raid crash suplex from the middle rope uh, on Ruby. That's a big false finish. Um, Britt has a awesome beat your heart out. Uh, eat your heart out, uh, Seth Rollins. Britt has an awesome, great looking curb stomp. Yeah, just look that's the way a curb stomp supposed to look on Ruby. That's a false finish. And then finally, distractions from uh, uh, Rebel and Jamie, uh, ultimately have Ruby stumble into Britt, uh, which allows Britt to work her into the, um, the, the lockjaw submission. Uh, Britt gets the win. And Alfred, I don't know about you, I was kind of surprised by this because. You put this woman's world title match last, and, I, and AEW has shown that they respect the world title. Uh, Kenny Omega's world title is not on the line, and that match forgets Brian Britt's world title is, so they put it last. So there is continuity that they've shown that. But you put this match last, Ruby had several kickouts of some big, big false finishes. Of course, she's outnumbered three to one. This just had all the sniffs and smells of, Ruby's, we're going to go off and end this big night. With the babyface new women's world champion, but that's not what happened. Britt retained, but I think that's the right decision, big picture wise. So I don't know about you.
3: I, I do think that's the right decision, and you know, you would think that maybe they would send the fans home happy, but I, I just do think it's too early in terms of Britt Baker losing this title, and uh, you know, as quickly as Ruby Soho just came in, while she is very over, I, I did think that she was not going to win a match like that but i do think to your point it's just aew prioritizing okay even though the heel is going to go over this is a world championship we really want to uh, promote that and Britt baker is arguably the biggest star right now so in a show like this the magnitude of a biggest show of all time i think somebody like Britt baker has earned the right to have a main event
2: absolutely and i and now i now i ask you where do we go next w- what other challenger is there for Britt at this point you know
3: I don't know if they continue on with Ruby Soho because she was screwed. There were the heels that kind of entered in, but you know, that was the case with Chris Statlander and they moved on from Statlander, but Britt Baker, they're going to have to slowly move this thing along because it's not like there's a row of challenges from her. They've done a good job with Chris Statlander and now Ruby Soho who kind of fell into the lap and was able to debut at the right time. But I couldn't tell you in terms of the other challenges are building up. Jade Cargill's on her way, but she still seems like she's got a lot of squash matches in her future before they build that thing up. And I just think that's too big of a match to have at this point uh, in terms of how much they can build that up. But I wouldn't know, um, you know, maybe Reho, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, Jade versus Britt feels like uh, definitely not until 2022. Whether it's yeah. in Vegas in May or it's all out next September, that that really feels like you really got to like let that one marinating the juices um i missed this earlier but it's actually kind of well-timed so that's that is the show so that's the show show's done that's your two-hour show uh i want to jump back to something that was sent earlier and i apologize sam uh sam austin super chat i apologize i don't know the currency that's a lot of digits so hopefully it's it's good for raj what kind of uh sam says when the lights went out at the beginning of cody in black i couldn't help but think of bray any update on that Sam, this is just me fantasy booking, my friend, and I've been booking it for the last couple of weeks. Yep. The dark order has been harping that they need leadership. That's the problem. They need leadership. They need leadership. And I started harping about this before we knew that or before I realized the, the touring schedule and locations. And I said, well, who has experience leading a cult? Who's available? And then we find and then and, and I put my GIF, GIF, whatever it is, uh, 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 Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Flunhouse. Well, then we find out that next Wednesday they're in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Rochester is the home of Brody Lee. Uh, uh, of course, Brody is the is the 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 former leader of the Dark Order. Who was that's why, that's why they're in shambles. They don't have a leader. Brody in real life very close to Bray Wyatt. Brody, of course, on TV was part of the, the Wyatt family. So, granted, there was no Dark Order title on the show. So, like, you know, like any any segment alfred that they would have i mean they could do something on rampage friday but like it's not this it's not a it's not a big bill is what i'm getting at there's not like this big segment of like dark order is determined to find a leader by next wednesday yeah. so there's not a big bill to it but you, damn it if, if 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 bray is contractually able to you can't find a better uh, a better fit i don't think
3: yeah, it's very poetic. It's beautiful in that the late Brody Lee was to debut in Rochester, which is his hometown. And now the spirit of Brody Lee through Bray Wyatt would debut there. That'd be great. But I would have wanted a... Who's the leader going to be? You don't have to tell me who it is or actually advertise them. Uh, but to that point, AEW has done a good job with this word on the street booking. And that once you hear rumors, they kind of catch on and it helped the CM Punk number do a good number, despite the fact that that wasn't advertised. So I would think if Bray Wyatt is to be in Rochester, there would be rumors or, there's already some whispers and whatnot, but I would think that there would be a lot more of um. Kind of unofficial reporting, and it would get leaked by design beforehand. But I, I would have no problem with Bray Wyatt showing up in Rochester and uh, joining the Dark Order.
2: And, and, I, and I'm going to say this, and again, I, and I get called every, every day. Half the day, half of the day, I'm called an AEW kiss ass. The other half of the day, I'm called a WWE kiss ass. I, I'm apparently collecting paychecks for both companies, Alfred. I'm sure yes, you sure. are too.
3: Yes, we're getting that money, man.
2: We are. We are rolling in it. Um, I, I have a. I, I got lambasted because a pin a pin tweet is a tweet in a picture with myself and stephanie and triple you know stephanie McMahon and triple h from a couple years ago because i was involved with connor's cure from the ground floor and we were at a connor's cure event and so that's very near and dear to my heart which that's a little weird too that brian danielson debuts on the connor's cure month
3: oh yeah
2: that is totally other question. topic totally other topic anyway I say this, and again, I love WWE. I love, I, love, I love wrestling. I don't want anybody to fail. I want I want, I want want WWE to rise up and start doing some of their best numbers. That's, let me put that out there. But I'm going to say this. If that happens, and then and, and the Bray thing is like, if, if that happens, if Bray shows up next Wednesday, if you and I a week from now are talking about Bray, whatever he's going to be called, if we're talking about the man formerly known as Bray Wyatt on AEW as a new leader of Dark Order, that Touches a different button because it's so because we're talking about uh, life and death. We're talking about we're talking about a, a guy that everybody loves. I mean, Biggie made a, a tribute to him without saying his name. We're talking about a guy who lost his life so young, uh, uh, tragically. And so if that happens and it is very poetic, as you said, if that happens, it is just, again, one more quenching of a thirst of pro wrestling fans getting, again, poetic, full circle they're getting in the office listening to them it feels like oh that's a that's a, that's how i would fantasy book it um it's going to be another huge bright star in AEW's favor if that's how it plays out yeah and, and and it's and I and I and again I don't and I'm not I don't know what I'm trying to say about this. All I'm just saying is that AEW is just they are just doing all the right moves right now. And, and and somewhat it's some of it's unfair that some fans think that they can't do no wrong. I do think AEW has wrong. I think AEW has shortcomings. I think they're officiating lack for rules. Blah 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 blah. But the big picture is they are just leaning in and like trying to make fans feel part of this and have fun. And that's hard to deny right now. And it's even more hard to deny if you get a heartstring tug like a Bray Wyatt showing up and continuing the work of his buddy who tragically lost his life.
3: Yeah, it's building goodwill with their fan base. And I think this is one of the reasons that fans are now getting so excited because AEW has a very loyal following. Um, It's a product that you wouldn't consider mainstream just yet, but there's something to be said about the fact that they can draw 20,000 people uh, to Arthur Ashe Stadium. So it's something there. And a lot of that is people connecting with this product. And another example of that is something that happened this past week with the Owen Hart tournament. You talk about coming full circle. That legacy always seemed like there was a back door open or where there's still consternation between Martha Hart and WWE or whatnot. But I think that's now finally going to get a happy ending for all involved that now his legacy is going to be honored in the world of professional wrestling. And that is more of them. I think for a lot of people are going to look at AEW doing something like that with Owen Hart's legacy, the way they're doing that with Brody's legacy. And that just like you said, the bright stars are going to continue to compile for AEW and that perception among fans that it is that type of company is going to really helped it uh, moving forward in terms of building a loyal fan base.
2: Gut reaction, if I ask you to put money, when the Owen Hart Cup Finals happen, whenever that is, is Bret Hart there?
3: Wow. I do think he is. Uh, I, I think because he did introduce the AEW, because you would think that that's like the ultimate slap in the face, WWE, whatever, but it's his brother, so he can do whatever he wants, and if he's there, nobody can blame him. Uh, but he did introduce the AEW World Championship, which you would think is kind of like a... A provocative move to do and so i think you know going there to something where his brother's being honored is a no-brainer for bret hart if he if it's something that he would want to attend and you know be a part of so yeah i, I do think he's going to be there
2: and i'll be curious how um you know because one, one of the obstacles for aw is that like other than some independently owned photos and stuff like that like you know vince owns the stampede video library and obviously obviously vince owns all of the WWE library of, of owen's career so it's like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of visual material to use of owen uh, if you're aew assuming that WWE would not you know l- you know, sign off and lend you some video why would they you know it just right. unfortunately that, that's that's reality so it's like i'm curious how they'll um how much imagery of owen they'll be able to use to 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 to, to help the, help fulfill the theme of this cup tournament whenever it takes place. Because again, it's so much of Owen's career. Uh, whether you, whether we like it or not is owned by WWE visually.
3: Yeah. I, that's actually a, a good point in terms of graphic wise, how they're going to uh, put this out there. I know that Bret Hart, I mean, he's got a library full of photos and, and stuff that he's kept over the years that I'm sure he would, Maybe be able to lend to AEW in terms of showing pictures and stills and stuff like that. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can actually show of Owen Hart. I know there's going to be, like, a toy deal as part of this, so they're going to be able to create the video game character Owen Hart. They're going to be able to create the multimedia of Owen Hart that they can feature on TV. But it'll be interesting to see how much archive and vintage photos they have.
2: Gaming Sage Pro, $2. Thunder Rosa could be next, talking about for Britt Baker. That's probably where we are headed. Um, I can see that. Which I'm all for. I'm a big, big Thunder Rosa fan. There, so uh, I like it. Uh, you know, AEW they're they're firing off cylinders. Uh, Alfred, uh, I mean, is where does this rank? Is this gonna be is this gonna be one of the best view shows? I mean, they, they've been they've been up there. They've been keeping above that million dollar mark.
3: Yeah, they're gonna have to do, I believe, the third biggest number of the year in order to beat uh, either the third of their second biggest number of the year to beat uh, Raw in terms of the viewership. And I do think they're gonna do it. I think this is going to be near their biggest numbers of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I think it has to be. You you'd hope, and uh, again, you know what you know. The, the momentum is in their favor. This is this is how you draw some new new viewers. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Kayla Mick five dollars. Uh, bully and Dave on Busted Open mentioned it should be Owen's wife, uh, Martha to give the trophy. Uh, you know, interesting enough, Kayla, and they did say that, so thank you for for j- saying that. Um, th- may- maybe that happens, and, and if it does, th- that maybe then affects Brett because I think what we've always gathered, Martha and Brett don't seem like they have the b- best relationship these days, or you right. know, so if Martha is involved, you know, if part of getting Martha's, um, blessing and okay to 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 use Owen in this regard if Tony kind of worked that out part of it might have been Martha might have said I don't want Brett involved in this so maybe maybe that kind of poo poos that I don't know
3: yeah, so maybe it isn't 100% with Brett because I really don't know how he would feel about Martha putting Owen's legacy in the hands of AEW. Not necessarily because Brett would have anything against AEW, just because it seems that maybe he had his own plans in terms of how he wanted Owen Hart to be honored and then somebody else at the helm. So, yeah, we'll see in terms of those politics whether or not Brett Hart would want to be part of this.
2: And when with a super chat from an on site report. Four ninety nine. Tony Stark's still at Grand Slam Rampage taping right now. Tony Khan and Brian Danielson got the loudest cheers. Overall, great event. Yeah. Uh, so
3: there you go. Run for the record books.
2: So they're taping Rampage right now. It's
3: not live Friday. No, no, no. It's not gonna be live Friday. They'll have a mm-hmm. uh, two hours of Rampage, and it's gonna be another pre tape.
2: Be interesting to see how it does. Tape show plus two hours. I mean, you know, the, this ten o'clock to eleven o'clock spot's proven to be a little bit tough after the you know after the uh, punk chicago debut it, it's just been slotting down it's, it's you know I mean friday attends a tough a tough a tough sell so friday from 10 to midnight I, I yeah. taped let's let's see what it does
3: I do think it's going to be up because it's such a big show, because CM Punk's going to be wrestling on this show. Uh, I don't think it's going to be up tremendously. Maybe they'll get back over 700,000, but I do think that's going to come back down because one of the underreported stories that has gone on in wrestling right now is hot as AEW is in terms of beating Raw, which is more of a story really of both shows falling. Uh, free, Rampage is on a free fall right now, and I thought they were going to level off at like 700,000 maybe, but they're now down to 642,000, and not too far from what NXT was doing at the end there before they had to reboot that whole thing. So so uh, Friday nights is still a good number in terms of being uh, on the top five rated shows, but if it keeps falling like this and then they're going to TBS and I'll be a little nervous in terms of the future of the show.
2: Yeah. Uh, fair point. Uh, you know, Tony Khan doesn't want it to be a B show, but that's hard to do. It's that, yeah. that's, that's, when you have two shows, it's very hard for one yeah. not to come off superior as another. It's just hard to do. Uh, and uh, Jax counts. win well, with Jax. Obviously Jax, uh you know, part of our wrestling family Four ninety nine. He says, if Bray showed up, no build for dark order, and they all came out a minute later, surrounded him. I'm sold. So uh so basically he's saying it's kind of he Jax is kind of booking in reverse. I'm booking kind of like you know, dark order has to be pushing to this date. We need a we need a leader, we need to come, we need to have a, a moment of whatever, and they're all in the ring and need leader, leader, leader. No, Jax is doing the opposite, which I kind of like this, Jax. He's basically saying just cold, lights out, lights up. A man who has a very recognizable look, Bray Wyatt, and then just coming to flank him out of the shadows is all the Dark Order. They all do the Dark Order, whatever the the, the thing they do. The, the and and it's like it's just unspoken. You know, commenters have to say a word. Yeah, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty. That'd be a hell of a moment. Maybe, maybe, maybe a fun. little. Maybe a little Brody Lee graphic floats up on a screen or something. I don't know but that. Jax, I'm there with you, man. I'm there. I'm there with I like you, it. too.
3: And especially because if the story is they don't have any leadership, they wouldn't be able to get organized enough to be like, okay, we're going to get a new leader next week. They would be just going crazy and like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off, and you get the guy, and it's going to lead to an even bigger pop. So, you yeah, know, I'm with that, too. There you go. Uh, for those who are asking the chat, this is a Ghana soccer jersey. Team Ghana, Ghana national soccer team. Liberia doesn't have a national soccer team. They're the closest ones, and so I support Ghana uh, in terms of African soccer teams. Shout out to the African Cup of Nations.
2: Ghana, West Africa.
3: Ghana, West Africa. Kofi Kingston. Yes, Kofi Kingston. First African-born WWE champion, Kofi Kingston.
2: I like it. All right, well, this has been a hell of an episode. This has been exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, live viewership from what I can see is great. I'm sure I'll get yeah. a full analytics report tomorrow. That'll be exciting to see. Love the chat. Love all the comments. Alfred, it's always a pleasure. You and I will be back Sunday night. Uh, I- I'll take some notes for you in case you're you're, you're, you're wallowing in your Aaron Rodgers problems. Yeah, uh, I'll
3: have to play by play for the game in terms of the highlights <laughs> after the Packers have won that game. Otherwise, uh, yes, I will be crying my way through that podcast.
2: So if you look at the tune in live, if you see a big delay countdown and message, it's because the pack game is still happening and Alfred is refusing to take the stage. He's refusing (laughs) for us to go live. Um, I'll already be many hours in the bag. having watched Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team move on to the second win? Taylor Heineke, by the way, it's a toss up. It's a layup. It's simple. Taylor Heineke, you're looking for the endorsement, Heineken beer,
3: oh.
2: Heineken beer, slept on him, Bud Light officially signs Taylor Heineke, Bud oh Light has officially signed Taylor Heineke, he's he's Heine, he's on he's Heine, he's, Heine, he's Heine light, I think is what they're calling him now,
3: did they really sign him,
2: they did, Bud Light signed him, oh
3: man, yeah, Heineke would have been so much better, maybe they realize that and they're like, hey, let's get ahead of this thing, Listen, there's something they got something in that kid. He looked very good on national TV, and there's something there.
2: That's what I mean. Like what? A, hang, on, I want to make sure I got the score. Right. Like what a what a layup.
3: Yeah. Like, how do you not? Very much so.
2: Yeah, he's now it, it's bud it's Bud Light key. He he's he is Taylor. Bud Light Key.
3: Oh, my goodness. It doesn't
2: roll off the tongue the same way as (laughs) Heineken.
3: I think they're doing this to troll Heineken. I think there might have been a bidding war. Maybe Heineken offered him something, and they outbid Heineken, and now they're just trolling him by saying, ha-ha, we got him. You don't get your cute little pun.
2: Crazy. That's what we're wrapped up in, folks. All right. Love it uh thanks to all of you for watching uh and participating live all of you who are watching or listening Thursday I've done this before I've done this call to action it works do it again tag at Justin LaBar at this is nasty if it's Thursday tell us how are you listening where are are you driving to work or school are you in the cubicle like trying to avoid the boss uh I mean are you in between classes or are you just chilling on the back porch, uh, you know, with a, with, 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 with a, with a, a lunchtime cocktail? What, what are you doing? How are you? Cons- how are you consuming? Us? How are we helping you? How are you helping us? Of course, by supporting us. And, of course, our wonderful sponsor, Manscaped. Um, so I, lo- I love to hear that. It's always great to hear. Are you listening to us on the card? You got the aux thing hooked up? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you on a first date? Are you saying, hey, yo. This is my jam. This is Alfred and Justin. You can't get down with them. We're not a thing. What is it? What's the buy-in? What is the ec- what is the brand equity we have with you? What is it? Are we helping shape your balls? Are we helping trim and keeping you groomed there? Are you buying in? Let us know. I want to know. Uh, we appreciate all that. Love the Super Chats. Hit like. Hit comment. Hit the share button. Do all the things. We'll be back Sunday night. It's going to be lit Sunday night. Extreme rules. It's going to be the most extreme podcast of the year. What a bullshit tagline that is, but don't be good to use it. So I'm going to use it too. most extreme podcast of the year. Alfred and I check it out. We're done for the night. Be good. Goodbye.
1: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,